Hi, and thank you for listening to Next Level Medical Assisting. Uh, This podcast is all about medical assisting and how we can be better, more efficient, and more patient-oriented. It will be positive and supportive, bringing together medical assistants and other clinical staff to be able to lightheartedly discuss medical assisting and related areas while exchanging ideas for how to be a better MA, such as compassion, detail-orientedness, staying professional, avoiding complacency, etc. There will be no politics or controversial topics here. Now for the legal stuff, the views and opinions stored and shared in this podcast are my own and are not endorsed by or representative of my employer. In addition, I am not a licensed medical professional approved to give medical advice. The information in this podcast is not in any way intended to be medical advice. Always seek the help of your physician or another qualified medical professional for any medical questions or concerns. Hello, welcome back to Next Level Medical Assisting uh, with me, Zach, your host. Uh, it's been a little longer than a week here, and I'm trying to get an episode up. I've just been a little busy, uh, but I, I think I have a decent one here, a good one. Uh, the episode today is going to be about the, the the working relationship between the provider and the MA. And in, in this episode, the term provider uh, will include physicians, doctors, um, nurse practitioners, and physician assistants. Um, and, you know, may or may not include uh, other types as well. Um, but the idea is that, the, you know, the assistant and the person that they're working for um, and uh, in a clinical setting. So it's kind of, it can be very unique uh, in the sense that, in the sense that, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, working with a provider can be uh, intimidating um, for a lot of reasons, particularly for somebody isn't like us as an MA who just kind of sort of went to trade school and then what they needed to and then came out into the field. Um, but, you know, for a lot of people as well, I mean, because you just kind of think you know how they are uh, and, and it, the overall thing can just be intimidating. Um, and so, you know, especially if you don't know them when you start working with them or if it's a new provider. Uh, and they, you know, they have lots of different personalities. Uh, just like medical assistants will, you know, and 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 the, I think a lot of MAs underestimate the value of uh, the relationship they have with the provider they're working with, even if it's only one day, even if you're just say floating or covering for a provider for one day, uh, it's you know communication is important to speak with them in the morning and figure out where you guys both stand and the things they like and the things that you are used to doing and seeing what they would like you to do. You know, there's some normal things that I ask everyone, you know, as far as like for physicals, how do they get changed and, you know, what do they prefer on, on certain aspects of things? What do they expect me to do as DMA? Because that can vary too, depending on the, on the, on the provider. And so, uh, you know, o- over my career, you know, as you guys know, I've been doing this a long time since I was seven. I've worked with many different personalities of providers. I mean, honestly, most of them are very easygoing. Uh, providers are just people. They're human. I've worked with nurse practitioners, PAs. Uh, I've worked with MDs. I've worked with DOs. Uh, I've worked with medical students. I've worked with, uh, had pre-meds that were shadowing. I've worked with RNs and and so on and so forth, obviously. And, uh, you know, you get a lot of different people. And they get a lot of different types of people with the MAs and the people that they work with, too. And so, you know, for the most part, you know, providers... They're, I mean, they're, they're human, they're normal, they're human, uh, and they all have different personalities. You know, I have, I've noticed over the years that maybe certain MDs might have a little bit of a different approach to things than uh, what they call mid-levels or nurse practitioners or, or, um, 
or physician assistants. Uh, but they some have that chip on their shoulder and some of them don't and some of them are really nice and some of them are a little more grumpy and the credentials really don't really speak to that for the most part um and so it's kind of a kind of a kind of an interesting experience you know over the years to, to see what you get um i one of my first uh jobs was as a one of my first ma jobs was with a brand new nurse practitioner and she was brand new to the, the field i was brand new as an ma and and uh you know, she, she was great. She was learning too. And I was learning and she, you know, I was, she definitely knew a lot more than I did being a nurse practitioner. She had been an RN. So she had been in the field. Uh, and me as an MA, I was more or less brand new to the situation. But, you know, she was, she kind of got me in this, you know, into the habit, the value of communication and, and learning how, you know, how things go. Unfortunately, I feel like it took me a little longer to catch on than it should have, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? That's kind of how things go. And here, hindsight's 2020. You know, I've, I've worked, uh, I've worked with providers who are, you know, are just, uh, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm grumpy and, you know, I, I like to do things this way and that way. And, and basically admitting they don't necessarily handle stress so well. And, and, you know, it's nothing personal, just that's kind of how they are. And, and honestly, as long as they're upfront with me about it, I've learned, you know, it's okay. I can take it. It's nothing personal as long as you're not, you know, harassing or abusing me or anything, which they don't. Um, you know, it's okay to be grumpy. They're allowed to do that because I'm, I'm looking for a job that they're being upfront with it and I'm okay with that. Uh, but you know, for the most part, they're, they're all, you know, great. And they all just have different approaches to the, what they do. I think one of the most universal things, uh, to remember for the providers is, is, is that their time is the most valuable, um, is the most valuable thing that they have really. And we should be very aware of that as MAs and that that doesn't matter what, what credentials they have or what type of provider they are, you know, their, their time is invaluable and there's so much work that they have to do that they don't actually get paid for uh, because, you know, they, they, they basically get paid for the visits, but they're not getting paid for, for anything beyond that. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize that. And so, you know, as the MA, it, it, it's, you know, from my perspective, the way I see it, it's very... You know, it's very important to remember we are the assistant. It is our job to make their job easier. And so the best way to do that is to communicate and ask them, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the morning, um, you know, I'll check in with my provider now. Obviously, I've gotten to know them, so we have a good, a good thing, um, you know, if there's anything that needs to be said. But I've been floating a lot recently, and I work with different providers I've never even met before. And, uh, you know, they, everybody takes a little different approach, but I make sure that I, I bend my, my approach to things that day to how they want to do things because I'm in there, you know, I'm, I'm there for them and I'm working there for them and it's my job to make things a little easier for them. However, they, they prefer it. And, you know, I, even though it's not my provider, I'll still go above and beyond and do what is necessary and usually get some pretty good feedback. Because I think it's really, uh, really, really important that, you, you know, give all of our providers the same respect. But, you know, in, communication really is key. And so, you know, I, 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 some people, I've met some MAs that become really good friends with their providers that they work for, maybe even best friends or whatever. Families get together and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. And if that's how things go, absolutely. But don't feel like you have to do that. Um, you know, more often than not, the MAs and the providers, they have a working relationship and and that's it and they might even have a lot of different views on different things outside and that's okay you know we're allowed to um, but the, the fact of the matter is you know the respect that we have at work for each other is very important and to not forget that we're the 
you know, we're their assistant. We're we're there for them. So, you know, the idea is we take on a little bit, a little bit more stress, so they can take on a little bit less stress. I think that's really important, and I think that's something that a lot of medical assistants, I don't know, maybe they get lose sight of or aren't aware of. Maybe it's you know, I don't think it was necessarily drilled into me in school, um, at least to the extent that I I see it now. Um, but it's you know, it's really important to, to to remember you know that you know when you let's say you get a message, um, you know we we I think we pretty much all probably do portal messages for the most part and. You know they come through and you know it might say you know that uh the patient calls says oh i want to i want to talk to the doctor and you know some providers will speak with patients and some won't but it just kind of you know to it's not uncommon for me to see where those messages are just forwarded directly to the providers um with no other information and some providers might prefer that and honestly if that's the case then then okay then that's the way to go um but I wouldn't assume that. Uh, the assumption should be that you know they need some more information. And so the, I know it's hard, like you're rooming patients and you're doing all kinds of things and you're like, oh man, I don't want to call this patient and have to, you know, I might get into a long story and this and that. But as as frustrating as that would be for it to take up your time, it's it's tenfold to take up the provider's time to do that. So that's why we're there. It's not about us. It's about helping the provider out and getting as much information as possible. And I'm not talking about making clinical decisions or triage. I'm talking about just calling them up and say, hey, what's the what's the situation? You know, even if they think that the MA can't help, honestly, most of the time they can. Um, but even if they can't, some, a lot of times they'll be the, the direct go-between between the provider and the patient. Um, you know, for, for messaging or phone calls. But at the very least, you can just get the information. Just get the information. I mean, literally, it's just information gathering. You know, forwarding messages is is, is simple. And, and it's okay. And it's okay if, that, if that's what the provider wants. But it shouldn't be the go-to. You know, I mean, it, uh, a computer could do that. You know, and I mean, the front desk could just do that. You know, the we're there is the MA is the in between to help the providers and get a little bit more information. Uh, and the idea is that yes, it's going to cause our day a little bit more stress, but it's going to help the provider out with their day. That's that's the idea. And in the long run, it helps everybody out. So it's that's one way that you know I feel strongly that the MA you know can can approach the relationship with the provider and, and see what they want. Maybe they don't want that. Like I said, if they don't want that and they want all the messages to go to them, then so be it. By all means, do what, do what they would like. But I wouldn't assume every provider wants that. And I would check with anybody whenever you you work with them. Or, you know, most providers aren't just going to gonna complain if you get a little bit more information as long as you're not withholding the message from them. So it's not usually a bad idea. Um, you know, the providers that make clinical decisions, they shouldn't be doing a lot of the legwork that they don't have to do. And so, you know, again, it's our job to make their job easier. And, and you know, that's that's part of everything, everything we do. It's why when we do prescription refills, we generally, we, a lot of places will have us propose them, you know, so they make edits and ultimately they're responsible, but they literally just have to sign off. Um, you know, if, 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 uh, if a patient... Um, if a patient brings in paperwork, I try to have it completed before the provider goes in, you know, and, and every provider will be a little different. Uh, and, and, and so that's why it's important to communicate again. 
uh, but don't be afraid to, to go above and beyond. And, and but you know, also you want to you're gonna want to cater to your provider, and they'll cater to you to some extent, right? Because they got to work with you long term. I'm not saying that they shouldn't make accommodations for you, but that should not be the default. The primary really is is you to make accommodations for them because that's what we're there for. If they weren't there, then you wouldn't have a job, or you know, the, it would be less likely. And so it's important that that we show the respect uh, to the providers that they deserve, uh, and that we you know we, we we get along with them. We've had a good good working relationship with them. I, you know, I'm a big believer in. I, I try I try never to say no to my provider if, as long as it's legal for me to do uh, I, I will do my best to at least attempt it and some of these things have been quite difficult you know I, I, I talk with a lot of patients uh, that for whatever reason or another you know they don't they're not going to want to hear what I have to say and for the most part they take it really well but you know everybody has those conversations they have to have with their patients at some point um, but a lot of in, in my experience from what I've seen uh, a lot of them is don't feel comfortable having that conversation simply because uh, maybe they're afraid that that uh, that the patient's going to get upset or frustrated and maybe might be intimidating or yelling or maybe the patient or the MA thinks they don't have time to deal with that or maybe um, you know they don't they don't they don't handle stress well with getting yelled at by patients or or aren't good with communication but you know what I mean it's part of our job uh, and and maybe you work for a company that says don't do that. Maybe maybe they don't want you to have those conversations, and that's okay too. And you, you follow the company's protocol. But if you're never willing to try and learn, if you're never willing to try, you'll you'll never learn, and it'll it'll never get any easier. And pretty soon you'll find yourself down the line, and and uh, you know it. Even though it may not come out in the open, it really it really can be a hassle for a lot of people when those when we're not able to have those difficult conversations because the. The front desk, for the most part, isn't going to have them, although to their extent, they should have some that apply to them. Um, you know, manager can't take every one of those, particularly if it's a standard clinical call. Uh, not every clinic has a nurse, and even if they do, they, they can't necessarily handle all those. And a lot of providers don't speak on the phone with the patients because they don't, uh, it's not something they get compensated for or don't have the time to do so um, because it'll end up being a, a long conversation. So, you know, I like to think I'm pretty good at it. I've I haven't always been. I, I will tell you when I first started doing this and I I even had some what I would consider to be simple conversations now, but at the time they were terrifying to have. And I just learned over time. And did I make mistakes and did I get yelled at and did, did things happen? Yeah, they did, but everybody was okay. You know, my, I, the, the most important thing is to, to say what you're going to say with the best intentions and, and leave your opinion out of it. You know, you're just relaying information with compassion uh, it's important to soften the blow, you know, so if I have to tell them, no, they can't have something, I, I don't just come out and say, no, you know, you can't have this, you know, I, you know, we got your request for this or whatever, and, you know, I've sent it to the doctor and the doctor's reviewed it, you know, and and, and based on his response, you know, for, for these reasons, unfortunately, they're not going to be able to accommodate that, whatever it may be, supplies, medicine, letters, whatever it is. And yeah, everybody takes it a little different, but even people that you think that might get really upset, for the most part, take it pretty well. Uh, you'd, you'd be surprised um, how well people will take it. They just don't want to be spoken down to. You know, they don't. They don't want to. They don't want to feel. You know, they're going to be sensitive about the information because that's just how people are. And so you have to soften the blow first. Uh, but you're not lying by any means. You're just. You're still telling them the info. You just let them know it's not a personal attack. Or, you know, 
unfortunately this is just the response that the provider's given and this is why and people for the most part deserve a reason why you should be able to give them a reason why other than that's just the policy but unfortunately sometimes that is the case that you have to say excuse me um so anyways phone calls are another thing uh you know that, that that you can be very helpful for the provider to to do so um if you notice you know let's say let's say that that you notice a lot of the same questions keep coming up and the provider um has the same response every time you know you feel free to go to them and say hey just just so we're clear if this comes up again i know this you've been saying this if this comes up again is it okay to give this you know initial universal response um you know something pretty pretty generic i don't know like a, a vaccine recommendation or a um I don't know, a certain type of medication refill or whatever it is, you know. Um, and so it's, it's okay to do that. And then, you know, if you have to get a little pushback when you present it to them, you know, do your best to let them know, hey, this is the standard procedure if they don't want to do it. But, you know, ultimately, if they're getting upset, then yeah, send it to the provider and let the provider know, hey, I relate this, you know, the patient was frustrated about this. You know, are, are you please able to maybe, maybe you can, maybe you decide something else or you need to reiterate that this is the case we need to need to go uh and then that's okay you know they're there to help us but they shouldn't we're not just there to forward messages uh in my opinion we're not just there for that at least unless the provider specifically requests it because i mean the front desk could do that and so we're there to we're there to to help the providers um in any way that we can as well as the front desk because the front desk gets a lot of messages that they're not able to handle because they're not clinically trained usually and so we also need to be open to that um, with the understanding that the front desk will also do their best to handle their their messages and their patient interactions as well without bothering the mas but again we're all a team so we're all we're all there for that so you know it's, it's just another thing you can you can do for the provider you know some little things that are some people would probably never think of that i do i in the mornings i stock the, the printers I, we have printers in the rooms and also printers in the offices i stock them all uh that that, per, that pertain to to me and my provider um for most days i'll at least do it every couple days you know every every once a month or something i'll check prescription paper even though we don't use it that often but i'll just check it just to make sure you know the staplers and we have them in the rooms it's a kind of a thing when we run out it's you know it's a little thing it's like oh, who would really think of that but when the provider's in the room and it needs a stapler or printer or a printer paper, you know, that's, it's kind of a thing for them. It's taking up their time. It's taking up their moment. It becomes, um, you know, a, a, a time, uh, time taking, uh, situation that they have to step out, ask for paper or, or reprint at their desk. And so the, if they could just, you know, to, to not have to run into that problem is something that they probably might not even notice, but that's not the point. You do it because you know that it ultimately will make their life easier and your flow easier too, because you won't have to, I don't know, reprint something for them or stop what you're doing to do something for them. So it's all a matter of like, you know, being prepared. Um, the other thing too would be, uh, you know, stocking your room. So a lot of clinics have these universal stocking um, standards for supplies in rooms and, and it's very common. I think it's totally normal. I'm not opposed to that whatsoever. Uh, but most providers, individual, will have their preference on what they use in the rooms or, or what they don't use. Sometimes they'll need things, they'll want things in there that aren't, aren't, aren't part of the standard. And sometimes they'll never use something that's, that is part of the standard. And so just to, you know, chat with the provider and know, you know, is there something, you know, do you use these? This would be like a, for a long-term deal if you were with a new provider. Um, 
you know, if you're floating doing with another provider, you know, you just, uh, you just want to make sure, you know, one of the first things I do is I show up early and I stock the rooms um, because especially in a new building, if you've never been there, only been there a few times, some, you might not even know where to find the stuff. You might not know where to find it in the room or where the back stock is or, or uh, maybe there's codes to get into the doors that you can't get access to. And so it's just, you know, I, I get there early and try to do that. Again, I fill the printer paper for the printers for the rooms that we're using uh, in the offices. And, and I try to just pay attention to those little details, you know, to help the providers, regardless of what the last MA did or the next MA is going to do. Um, with that said, I don't, I don't go change a bunch of stuff around. I don't, I don't go stock stuff that really shouldn't be in there. Um, and I definitely don't, you know, mess around with stuff on, their, on somebody else's desk that I'm using because I wouldn't want somebody to do that to my desk if I was, you know, just out for a day or whatever. So it's, uh, it, it, the, you know, it's, it's another one of those ways that, that you can help, um, you know, help, help be prepared and, and help the provider have a smoother day. You know, and, uh, again, you know, it's really important to speak with them. You know, I'll go into the little, a few other things that we do. You know, I was saying changing for physicals is, is kind of a big topic for everyone because even the providers, multiple providers in one clinic might be a little different. You know, depending on male or female or, or even something else. Um, and so, you know, do they have them get changed first? And do they have them, you know, they keep the underwear on or, or take everything off? Or, you know, do they do they want you to, I don't know, set up for a, for a fit test? You know, if they're over if they're over 50, you know, there's just different, different preferences. You know, do they need a PAP? Do they not need a PAP? And how do you set up for that? And, and uh, you know, if you don't know what you're looking for to see if they're due, then that's something that I had to learn. I, I learned pretty uh, kind of on the fly um, and learned how the recommendations go. And of course, I check with the provider, but for the most part, I I know how that approach is. And so I can set up for it. But a big one for me, which is kind of funny, is I never know if the providers want the gown tied in the front or the back for male or female. Uh, I've noticed over my career that everybody's a little different and there's very little... Uh, um, there's very little of consistency between providers. Some want front for females, back for females, front for males, back for males. Some don't want them changed. Some want everything taken off. Some keep their underwear on. It just, you know, everything, everything, uh, you know, is a little, can be a little different for each person. So, um, you know, it's just, that's why I try to, I like to communicate with the provider, um, you know, to get to know what, what they're, what they're used to or what they want what they're expecting if I see something down the line later in the day uh like maybe they might need war treatment or night liquid nitrogen I'll ask him you know how that goes or or make sure I know where it's at and have everything ready so those are just some good ways to to be prepared uh and and, and to make the flow go good you know in in uh in the second half here we'll, we'll talk about uh, a little bit more about personalities and, and the approach and and how to you know how to communicate well uh, with your provider and to make sure that you guys kind of have the same, um, you know, you guys are on the same level, even, even if you don't necessarily have the same opinions or see things the same way. So for the, you know, for the, the next uh, half year, I was going to chat about, um, you know, the sort of the, the personalities and, and, and sort of the ways to get along personality wise uh, with your provider. 
uh, more on a kind of a personal level, but in relationship, um, in a relation, excuse me, in a work relationship dynamic, um, because you know it's very possible if you're assigned to them full time, uh, you know, you, I mean, you will be working with them quite often, uh, and honestly, they don't, for the most part, take you know opinions or beliefs into account when they when they match MAs or providers. A lot of times, the MA will, will when they interview, they'll interview with the provider, and 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 the provider will have also say in, in whether or not you get hired uh, depending on how it worked out for you so it really is in your best interest to find ways to to get along uh with the providers but also you know that's just life you're going to work with all kinds of different people this just happens to be unique um, because you know you're going to be working pretty close with this person probably on a regular basis for hours at a time through some tough times you know and life's going to get a little stressful so it's you know it's important to make sure you guys are on the same page um, for for you know for how things are going and what to expect. You know some of the the key points that I like to think about for work. I think the obvious number one is no politics uh, or controversial topics at work. I mean, I, especially in this world we live in, I think it goes without saying. But um, you know, with patients, sometimes they'll bring it up, and it's always kind of like a, a touchy thing. You know, and just make sure you're you're letting them know. You know, it's you know. You can laugh it off or let them know you don't talk about that at work in a, in a polite way. Um, for the most part, with with coworkers and providers, most people understand this. You know, if you happen to get work with a provider um, that likes to talk about politics or whatnot, hopefully that's not the case. But if they do, you know, I would maybe if you felt uncomfortable with it, I would talk to your manager to find a way to to uh, handle that or approach that if if, if it made you uncomfortable. Um, you know, the other thing is too, is you don't want patients to hear what you're saying. Even if the provider's saying it, you want to be careful so they don't hear you and, and, and make a complaint, um, which people do now, uh, which people do, you know, if they say something, if you say something that they find to be offensive and they will, they will complain. So again, you, you stay away from those kind of topics. I mean, eventually I think hints will come out here and there. Uh, but you know, I would just, just be be careful with it, and if you do happen to catch something, whether or not you agree with it, uh, my personal advice would be to uh, it would behoove you to not uh, not comment on it, or at least um, stay equal on it. So, so you know, uh, feelings or thoughts don't go one way or another. You know, when you're since you're going to be working with a provider so often, if you're assigned to them, you you work them with them on a regular basis. If if you're if you're set and not just a float, um, you know, some of the things that you know, it's a working relationship, so really you're required to come in and be your MA and do your job and have good communication. But, you know, it's always nice to at least, you don't have to get to know them on a personal level or go hang out with them, but it's always nice. You know, do they drink coffee? What kind of coffee do they drink? And and is there certain candy that they like or whatever, you know, some little stuff like that. I'm not saying you have to bring it in all the time or even really at all, but let's say, I don't know, a provider likes Kit Kats and, you know, they, their birthday was coming up and... By the way, you are not in any way obligated to buy gifts for really any coworkers, uh, but also for the provider. Don't feel, I know it can feel awkward sometimes, um, but you know, the, the, don't feel obligated. And and they they'll, they'll, they know that usually as well. I mean, they're aware of the of the difference there, and they may or may not get you a gift. But even if they do, don't don't feel obligated. Um, but you know, it, maybe if your provider's having a rough day, and I don't know, they like Kit Kats, and bring them in a Kit Kat or or. Uh, you know, if for their birthday and you just wanted to get them that little small thing, it just shows them, hey, you know, uh, I don't know, happy birthday, how's it going, hope you're feeling better. 
it's just a little nice thing to do. Again, obviously, it's not required. You don't have to do it. Um, you know, you could do it for other coworkers as well. I'm just saying that it's it, it can be if you're with this one person, it could be kind of nice for that person to notice things that, you know, to cheer you up. And providers, a lot of times, will will do the same. I've had actually providers that have been very attentive and, and I've gotten to know really well. Um, and have been very, very kind uh, and, and given me gifts that sometimes I feel like I didn't deserve. Um, and so that, you know, it was, I'm not so great at accepting gifts. So it was very, uh, you know, it was very overwhelming at the time. But I, I nonetheless, I, it was appreciated that somebody cared enough uh, to get that for me. And so, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of big. You almost kind of want to build like a friendship. Um, you know, you're going to be with this, if you're assigned with a provider, if you're assigned with them, you're going to be with them very likely for a very long time on a regular basis um, through good times and bad times. And so it would it is in everybody's best interest uh, to get along. And so you should find a way to get along with them. You know, try to focus on the things that you you do like about them or or whatever. Um, you don't necessarily have to agree with everything with them, but it is important to to support them. So, you know, if the patient, if the provider tells the patient something or, you know, when it comes to patient care, if you're relaying a message from the provider, even if you completely disagree with the message, that has no play there. You, you, it's your job to support that provider and, and explain to the patient why that decision was made uh, and, and your opinion, you know, stays out of it because, you know, you all want to be on the, on the same team. Um, and it's not, you know, you versus them by any means, but it doesn't do anybody any good if... You know the MAs in there saying they disagree with what the provider was saying. It's just like uh, you know, it's just asking for for issues. And to be honest, it's it's pretty uh, it's unprofessional to do so. Um, and same would go for your company. Like if your company has policies that you don't necessarily agree with, it, nonetheless, you're speaking on behalf of your company, and you should support you know their their rules because that's the right thing to do. So. You know, I'm gonna wrap this up a little bit here. I just basically what I'm getting at is, you know, the relationship between the provider and the MA is it, it can be very intricate. It's uh, it's it's very um, can be unique sometimes. You know, eventually sometimes you might work with a provider that you really truly just can't stand. And honestly, depending on the situation, if that's the case, you might need to find somewhere else to go, or maybe you can chat with your manager about maybe switching positions. Um, but for the most part, you should you should find a way, uh, and you are going to come across all kinds. You'll find some providers that are so nice that it's hard to see them as a provider. Uh, it's almost like they're your best friend, and then you come across some that you know are very like professional and firm, and and they're the they're the doctor and you're the assistant kind of thing, um, and that's just the way it is. And then you have other ones, unfortunately, that don't necessarily uh, communicate the best or you know don't handle stress that well and can get grumpy. And with that, you should. You should handle it as appropriate, you know, for the for where you're at. But it does happen. But don't forget, you know, providers are human. Okay, they their time is valuable. Our time is valuable also. But our our goal of our time is to help them save their time, make their life easier. And so, the, you know, providers are they're human. They're people. They have feelings. They get stressed out. And also MAs as well, right? So it's a matter of just, uh, you know doing your best to make things flow as easy as possible and we do our best to help the provider uh, be as efficient as possible and ultimately we both the provider and the MA do their best to give the patient the best possible care that that they could have and that's the goal of everybody in the clinic anyway so 
thank you again uh, for listening. This is uh, Next Level Medical Assisting Podcast with me, Zach, uh, your host. And I appreciate you guys coming back and we will uh, talk soon.